It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Today, the Adam Ritz Show is on campus at Purdue University. We're with the uh, entire team, the women's Purdue uh, basketball team, the women's basketball team, I guess I should say, at Purdue, the Boilermakers. And uh, we are going to talk about student leadership and what it takes to be a leader. When you're an elite student athlete, you've got to have leadership on the court. Uh, So we want to talk to, I guess, a senior team captain. Uh, And I don't even know, I didn't even meet anybody yet. We're right here? You or you? I'm a junior. If, if you're the senior, then pop up here. Stand up here with me. Okay, what is your name? Dee Dee Williams. Dee Dee Williams. Okay, now with student leadership, I, we talk a lot about athletics and sports on the show with social awareness, but moreover, we, we like to look at what you're doing off the court with your student leadership. Um, tell me about some of your student uh, uh, service projects, your community service projects that either you've done individually or, or the whole team has done together. Um, definitely. Um, as a team, we've def- definitely done a lot um, of student leadership things, um, such as hunger hike. Um, we've, you know, did cancer um, things and. <laughs> Wait, what's the hung- hunger hike? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the hunger hike is basically. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> so we. So you're 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 giving people cancer? What are you doing? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like last year, we um, actually walked. I don't know how long. I may have been maybe f- a mile. Maybe we walked just to raise money for cancer, um, such as with the hunger hike. We did a mile walk um, just to raise money for food and things like that for um, the homeless. And um, you know, we just do a lot of things to help other people and. That's great. That's, yeah. that's, uh, we love the community <laughs> service. And the Hunger Hike, I love that name. Is that a national initiative, or is that something that Purdue women's basketball does, started? Um, I believe it's national, and it helps the greater Lafayette community. And you have to go on a hike, and you get hungry <laughs> to feed other people. Definitely. Okay, okay well, uh, before we let you go, I, I want you to pick somebody, um, a freshman or sophomore, who's not a team captain yet, okay. that you feel could fill that role in a couple of years Yes. to come up here. Bridget Perry. Bridget? Yes. Okay. Bridget? Okay. I'll meet you halfway, Bridget. Okay, so Bridget, the, uh, Bridget, the, the pressure's on. You've been uh, singled out by the seniors. Um, as a sophomore, you are? Um, I'm a freshman. Oh, you're a freshman. Mm-hmm. That uh, you maybe someday could be a, a team captain, a, a, a student leader here on campus. How does that make you feel? Um, I'm definitely honored that Dee Dee um, thinks I have that capability, and um, I just need to follow their examples and um, definitely get involved in some service projects with the team and um, definitely work to get involved in the community. Community service is where it's at. Philanthropies and uh, charities, all that work is, uh, is noticed by the human resource departments that want to hire you someday. So uh, even if you don't want to do it, get involved just to make people think you care. That's the, that's the message. Now, that's, that's the message from the Adam Ridge Show. That's not the message from Bridget or Purdue Women's Basketball. That's the message from the, message from the Adam Ridge Show. So, Bridget, uh, we wish you the best of luck here with Purdue and your student leadership. Hopefully, you'll be team captain. We'll have you on the show in three years, okay? 
All right, thank you. All right, and Bridget and, and Dee Dee, thank you so much uh, for your help. And ladies, let's give yourselves a round of applause. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. I'm Adam Ritz. We're in Mackey Stadium on the campus of the University of Nevada with head coach Brian Polian. Hi, coach. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we love meeting and talking with head coaches of major Division One college football to talk about social issues. And when I think of uh, you and football, I think of fatherhood. Yes. Uh, I met your kids today. And uh, first of all, they're young. How do you like being a father? Oh, it's the best. I mean, it's the best thing people tell you. Um, you know, when you're younger and you don't have kids, they say you don't under, you can't understand it. And you really can't until they're yours and until you come home every night and they don't care if you won or lost. They're just happy to have you home. It's pretty special. Now, we love to get head coaches perspectives on uh, being a father because you're you've got a unique perspective because you're you're a dad to your kids you're a dad to a hundred men on campus here at Nevada as well uh, so you've got a unique perspective on on fatherhood and coaching do they bleed over does being a, a father help you be a coach Oh, there's no doubt, and and it actually worked in reverse order because I was coaching before I became a father. Uh -huh. um, yeah, there's no doubt. They are very much in college football. They are very much one and the same. Uh, I, I would venture to guess maybe 40 to 50 percent of our team comes from single parent homes. So uh, a strong male figure in the lives of our football players is very important, and it, and it's a role that that we take very very seriously. It is very serious, and one of the, uh, as far as this social awareness show is concerned, uh, a big part of society and how young men maybe don't understand how important it is to be a father. It's the most important job you'll ever have. What is your main philosophy with your kids with being a dad? Well, it's to love them un unconditionally first, and, and although you may get upset with some of their actions, uh, you know, we try to handle everything we do with, with love. Uh, and the other thing is to be honest with them, and sometimes that's not easy. It's not easy to be honest with them, but when you're not honest with them, when you sugarcoat things, uh, you're not teaching. There's no lesson learned, and frankly, we're taking the easy way out when we're not honest with them. So the ability to sit down with a young man and say, listen, um, you know, I love you, but we're about to have an uncomfortable conversation because you need to understand X, Y, Z and, mm -hmm. and how that's going to affect you for the rest of your life. I mean, th those are conversations that you have to have with an 18-year-old, and at some point my own son will be 18, and, and it's no different. Do you remember those uncomfortable conversations with your dad? I do, frankly. <laughs> fr frankly, I was more scared of the uncomfortable conversation than I was, you know, my mother doling out the corporal punishment. But, uh, you know, there's nothing worse as a son than to have your dad say, hey, listen, I love you, but I'm disappointed in yeah. what you did here. And, and, you know, too often I think... Uh, we want to be friends with our children. We want to be friends with the, the kids we coach, and that's, that's not our role. Our, they've got their own buddies. We need to help raise them, and sometimes that means you've got to be the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, worth mentioning, uh, Brian Polian, we're talking about f fatherhood and families. We should darn well mention your dad is Bill Polian. Uh, your brother's Chris Polian, and the third brother is Dennis Dennis Polian. It's a football family. Um, how, how are the conversations going around the dinner table when you guys get together, all four of you? Well, it's very frustrating for my mother and my sister because uh, no matter what we talked about, it always kind of leads back to football. But uh, <laughs> Does your mom like football? She does. She does. <laughs> I think, I, you know, she's got she's got my dad at ESPN now, my brother, my older brother with the Jags, my younger brother at the Titans. I'm here. The, the poor woman is living and dying by three different teams right now. So um, 
but uh, you know I was blessed in the sense that that uh, not only did I learn the game at the highest level from my best friend and mentor my dad but he also proved to me that you can compete for Super Bowls, you can win Super Bowls, and still be a great dad. People think that there's a sacrifice that has to be made, that, that you're going to neglect your family if you want to win at the highest level. You think about all the coaches that end up divorced. Yeah. Well, the, it, it doesn't have to be that way. My dad is a knock on wood, maybe someday a Hall of Famer, and at the same time uh, a, a very a devout husband, an unbelievable father, a great grandfather. You can do both, and he showed me that. Well, not as a as a coach or a football administrator or an ESPN broadcaster, but as a dad, what's the most important thing you've learned from your dad, Bill Pullian, being a father now yourself? It, it's it's the unconditional love. I mean, no matter if it was going good, if it was going bad, he'd always hug your neck. And 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 my dad, one of the things I love about my dad is that he's never afraid to tell you he loves you. I mean, when when you see when when I see him now, I, I don't see him as often as I'd like to. You, you know, there's always a a big kiss on the cheek and a strong hug. And, and every time we, we hang up the phone, you know, he, he makes sure to tell you, hey, I love you. I'm proud of you. And, and I try very hard to do that with my own children and um, to know that, that every time we talk, uh, I, I'm never going to have to look back and say, boy, I wish I had told him uh, how much I cared for him. I, I'm going to make sure uh, that, that he always knows uh, both my mom and dad how important they are to me. Head coach Brian Polian with the Nevada Wolf Pack. We thank you for your time, uh, and more importantly, we thank you for your perspective uh, on family and fatherhood. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. You can catch up with the Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show, or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. The Adam Ritz Show, traveling the country to find uh, interesting people and compelling community service and philanthropy and today we land in Denton, Texas. We're on the campus of the University of North Texas at the Sigma Phi Epsilon Chapter House with the president of Sig Eps here at North Texas. It is Richard Randall. Hi Richard, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thank you so much for welcoming me into your home, your chapter house here, Sigma Phi Epsilon. Uh, let's find out about you. What year are you? What's your major? Um, I'm actually a senior. I'm a communications studies major with a minor in social sciences and in uh, military, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, military... Uh, Bombing? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, military science. I'm a minor in military science. Oh, okay. Yeah. First time I've ever met somebody with a major in communications and a minor in anything military. Right. What are you going to do with this? Were you ROTC and all that too? Right. Uh, well, right now I'm in my fourth year of ROTC. And okay. so what that means is uh, whenever I graduate here in May, I'll be a second lieutenant in the Army. And so I actually plan to take everything I learned in college and put it out on the battlefield and uh, join uh, in the Army. I'll branch the infantry and uh, go do great things in there. So I'll be taking the military path whenever I graduate. Wow, pretty impressive. So uh, a student, uh, the ROTC, the fraternity president, uh, very involved on your campus here at the University of North Texas. And we want to talk to you about some of the initiatives you have here uh, with your own chapter, Sigma Phi Epsilon. You were telling me before we started about uh, a philanthropy, uh, a way you, to raise money for one of your fallen brothers here at the house. What, what, what's going on with that? So uh, back in the summer, one of our brothers, Alec Wiley, passed away, and um, he was very heavily here involved with the fraternity and on campus. Uh, he was a biochem major here, and so whenever he passed away, his dad uh, kind of came up to us and asked us if we'd help him in a way to really 
if we get together and uh, create some type of you know memorial for him, uh, we're going to try and donate money to a certain pillar that's going to be uh, you know just um, kind of for him uh, in the new IFC Greek Life office. And then we're also going to be helping him raise funds for a scholarship for a student in the uh, biochem um, university here. So a pillar, I guess, will be named after him. I, I thought you meant one of the pillars of the actual fraternity house here. You've got the big, you know, right. Greek uh, architecture pillars in front of your house. Right. Uh, are there pillars in the Greek-like office you're talking about? Yes, there's going to be different um, things that the Greek Life office is going to have to offer, you know, certain tiles or, or bricks on the ground. Um, but uh, what they've told us is that whenever it's done and built, there's going to be certain pillars out front and that... Uh, with a certain amount of funds, you can actually, you know, buy, essentially buy one of these pillars to your fraternity and things like that. So instead of buying it, you know, just for Sigma Phi Epsilon, we're probably um, going to be um, purchasing this pillar just for, uh, you know, as a memorial for Alec and just for him to, for, you know, remembrance of our brother. So, Well, condolences for that was just last summer, you say, very fresh, and it's um, it's admirable that you guys are pulling together to uh, not only memorialize him, to remember him. Uh, Alec, what was his last name? Alec Wiley. Alec Wiley, to memorialize him, but also to raise money in a scholarship for future students that want to be biochem majors. It's like a biochem scholarship. Yeah, that and uh, that will be in his name, and it will be something, you know, that we can just keep doing uh, remembering him within the community, and people can, uh, you know, people that might not have known him as well can remember him in the community too. And so we'll be giving that back to uh, the community in his name. Our guest is Richard Randall. He's the president of Sigma Phi Epsilon here at the University of North Texas. Uh, what other community service projects do you have going? Well, uh, just recently here in the summer, uh, it's an annual, we call it the uh, Balanced Man Scholarship. And what we do is we take in applicants from incoming freshmen that are coming in from high school that are going to be going to UNT, uh, all male applicants. It's about a four to five uh, month process, and what happens is they fill out application. We, re we review the application um, just based on information that it holds within the, uh, the guidelines and the description of what they filled out, and then based on our kind of uh, decision-making, they come in, they sit down with our brothers, they have uh, two rounds of interviews, one of his phone, and then one they come in just like a, a type of job interview. And then, uh, so, and then once we select our finalists, we bring them here at the University of North Texas. We usually uh, hold it in our beautiful um, business leadership building, which is brand new. We'll hold it in there. We'll get uh, Dean Finley, which is uh, the dean of the business school, and we'll get President Rollins, president of UNT, the Greek Life Chair, uh, the assistant dean of the students, Greek Life Chair here at UNT, and the dean of students. It's a big event. All of our alumni come. Uh, it's it's usually 100 to 100 people in attendance, and we give out $3,000 to individuals who um, just kind of basically displayed our ideals of a balanced man with a sound mind or sound body in high school, and we're just kind of giving back to me, to the community in that way and rewarding uh, you know incoming freshmen that way. Does this young man, this incoming freshman, have any obligation to then become a Sigma Phi Epsilon member? He actually, he doesn't. They, wait, 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 he doesn't? Does not? He does not, no. He does not have an obligation to join our fraternity. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, we, we know, there's been times where, you know, 
they come around our guys and they come around the house a lot through this interview process and they decide on joining you know not cert- not necessarily a fraternity but an organization of guys that they they really uh, seem to mend with coming here in college so we really get some guys that never even thought of the word fraternity before and so but you know there's some years that we give away to people who might join another fraternity or might not join a fraternity at all so it's really but that it's 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 not really our uh, main focus is to reel in people with this it's just to uh, you know kind of give back to the community and do something great for you know people who might be coming in and have a little bit of financial trouble uh, having mm-hmm. going through college but you know did so well in high school that they should be rewarded for it well, I got to tell you, I've traveled the country, talked to many uh, students about their philanthropies and community service, and it's um, this is a first. I've never heard one where there's a scholarship and money and funding for a high school student to utilize to come to UNT. And I have to tell you, from uh, from a sneaky perspective, that's an awesome way to get a young guy who has great grades or great community service when he's in high school or great, uh, I guess, attributes of a balanced man, sort of get him, right. you know, aware of the Sigma Phi Epsilon chapter here on campus. So when he shows up, he, you've, he's already got a, a big foot in the door. Right. <laughs> it, it's a it's a good it's a good thing to, uh, you know, get guys exposure to. And we really kind of um, hit on the academic importance because here on campus we actually have the highest GPA, best overall GPA in uh, 2012, and we're going for 2013 now. So it is, like you said, it's a great way to reeling guys. Um, they get to come around. You get to meet. You get to meet some, you know, pretty significant individuals coming out of their high school. You know, top athlete, valedictorians, things like that. And so, you know, it's kind of uh, two birds, one stone. You know, yeah. Just curious, how many guys that are members of the chapter now won this scholarship when they were coming out of high school? Um, well. Uh, I'd say maybe around twenty. There's a there's a um, there's three finalists that we give money to, one being a, uh, a fifteen hundred dollar winner, and the other ones uh, splitting the rest of uh, I think it's uh, one thousand dollars each. Um, I know I went through a process and I was one of the finalists, winning one thousand dollars whenever I came through. So uh, I'd say I'd say about. A good range of 20, 25 guys who are in the fraternity now have uh, actually gone through the balanced man scholarship process and that were um, joined Sigma Phi Epsilon afterwards uh, when the uh, um, balanced man scholarship uh, ceremony was actually included. So. Well, that's great, and it's great for our listeners to hear uh, there's people all over the country getting involved with their community, and it, it inspires us to get involved with our communities, too. So, Richard, we thank you for uh, your efforts here on campus and in Texas and uh, for appearing on the radio show. Do you have uh, any sort of Facebook page or a Twitter account that our listeners can follow, SIGEPS, here at North Texas? Yes, we uh, uh, on Facebook, you can find us in the University of North Texas, Sigma Phi Epsilon, or uh, our Twitter account is just Sigma Phi Epsilon Texas Beta. Either one of those ways would be an easy way to reach out to us, and we can reach back to uh, anyone we need to. So. Richard Randall, best of luck with graduation and your future career with the United States military. That's awesome. Thank you for serving. All right. Well, thank, thank you for having me. Hi, this is head coach June Doherty from Washington State Women's Basketball. And you're listening to the Adam Ritz Show. It's always an honor to have a, a fellow sportscaster on the show. And I'm laughing because I'm not even a sportscaster. I just like to pretend I am. But we have uh, Will Haskett with us on the show now, sportscaster working with uh, the PGA. Or, or you explain to me what you do because you wear so many hats. 
Yeah, I guess the blessing and the curse of being a freelancer. Um, but yeah, the PGA Tour and PGA Tour Entertainment and Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, uh, been really blessed to get involved with them over the last couple of years and be out on tour with the best golfers in the world and see it up close and personal. It's it's a dream come true for a, a former golfer like I like I was aspiring one point in time to be like them. Now I can talk about them. Well, what do you shoot? Uh, I'm a two handicap right wow. now, uh, but I play maybe 10, 12 rounds a year. You know, you've got kids, like you know. Once the kids yeah. come around, the travel, you don't play enough. Now, I, I'm a 20 handicap. If we played, would, would I ruin your game? Would I bring you down to my level? No, because I'm not one of those stuck-up, hoity-toity sort of golfers. Like you and I would go out, we'd have a good time, we'd laugh, and as long as we're done in under four hours, it's been a successful day. Okay, good. All right. Well, Will Haskett is our guest, uh, sportscaster with the PGA on Sirius Satellite Radio. And uh, what was the last event you covered? Uh, I was actually in uh, Washington, D.C. for the AT&T National for the first couple of days. I was doing stuff for PGATour.com. Uh, last full event, I was in Memphis for the FedEx St. Jude. Uh, I got to see Harris English win his first tournament, which was really a thrill. I actually called his last collegiate match when he was at Georgia. So to see him rise and, and now win for the first time was really exciting. I was on that call. So in this world of play-by-play uh, -play -play sports announcing, uh, most people can figure out what the play-by-play -play does for a football game. What do you do? How do you call this? I mean, is this? Are you in the tee box and you describe the tee shot? Are you at the green and you're talking about the putts? What do you do? Yeah, it's been the most fascinating thing for me from a radio perspective. Is that I've done a lot of video and TV, and then to go back into radio and do golf is really fascinating. So we have three rovers every week on the golf course, and we're actually there. We got a headset on, and we're walking with the players. And so it's then my job to then call shots, but it's to a radio audience. So it's a very descriptive call. So where's the ball started? How's it moving? Where's it going? How's it finishing? What's that going to lead to scoring all of that and it's been an absolute blast and you know it's golf every shot's sort of the same so to find new adjectives and new creative ways to call golf shots is always the challenge do you speak into the microphone the way you're speaking to me right now or do you do the we're on 18 yeah. and i need to speak like this so that i don't bother tiger woods um, well it it's radio, and so you don't want to bore all the truckers around the country that could fall asleep. So you've got to keep it somewhat exciting. So what I have to do is I normally will try and stand about 50 yards away or so from the golfer so that I can actually inflect a little bit. But occasionally you're up by the green. I've got a clipboard. I kind of hide the microphone, and you whisper a little bit. And the worst thing in the world is when you're just talking loud enough that you get the stare. Because if you get the stare from a player or a caddy, not only are you, A, embarrassed, but B, you're waiting for the phone call that you're never working again. Have you? When was the last stare you got? Who was it? I got a stare. I will not <laughs> name the player, but I got a stare from the caddy of a player. I was finishing a call of another player in his group, and he was getting ready to look over his putt, and his caddy stared at me. And I stared back because I was like, dude, I'm, I'm going to be done with this call before your guy is ready. Like, don't worry. I'm a professional here. But I got the stare, and it was like, eh, I think afterwards I was – I almost tried to find him for dinner. I needed to smooth that one over. But that was a couple of tournaments ago. I haven't had a stare since, and I'm hoping not for any more this year. After the stare, did you feel like saying when his golfer missed the putt, did you want to go, <laughs> and he missed the putt? <laughs> it would have been. Yes, I wanted to say that. Should I have? No, so we wouldn't and didn't do that. Well, that's fun talking golf, uh, and we could talk golf for hours, but I actually brought you on the show to talk about the PGA and some of their charitable initiatives. Uh, what can you tell us about what the PGA does with foundations? Well, I think what people don't realize is the PGA Tour and its fundraising avenues is really what keeps it moving forward from year in, year out. They passed the $2 billion threshold in 2013 in terms of money raised wow. in the history of the PGA Tour. And it's really fascinating being out there because it's really the job for these guys. So week to week, you know, you've got all the logistics of traveling like you would for any businessman. 
men. But every tournament on the PGA Tour is really its own unique entity. So you have a local organizing group that's putting on the actual tournament. And with all of them, there's always a charitable arm to it. So a perfect example, and I think the best branded one, was when in Memphis, what I alluded to a moment ago, the FedEx St. Jude that has the actual charitable benefit in the title, and that's the St. Jude Children's Hospital. And so you know, this year, hundreds of thousands of dollars, I think I want to say they've surpassed $25 million or so that they've raised for that children's hospital just from that golf tournament over its history. So every week the tour is giving back in that you know, all those people you'll see in the grandstands and in the hospitality suites and the ticket sales and chunks of the TV revenue are funneling back through, and those local organizers are giving that to local charities. So it's a huge part of what the PGA Tour is a part of. And if you don't have that charitable angle, you don't have a tournament. And I think that's something that's really important and valued by the tour. Fantastic uh, facts. And I'm glad I heard you say, and I'll never forget this, that the uh, PGA Tour has passed the two billion dollar mark in money raised for charities. That's awesome. Wait, and you think about it across the board. I mean, you've got so many great initiatives. I think what the NFL has done with Play 60 and some of these things where not only are you utilizing your influence to give money to great charitable organizations, but you're even starting your own initiatives. And I think that's what you're seeing everywhere. And the PGA Tour has been doing it for years. Who would you say of individual golfers, uh, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, I know these are the biggest names that I can think of. Uh, Probably some names out there I don't know, but uh, when you think of an individual golfer and his individual foundation, is there a guy that, steps, that pops out in your mind that has his own foundation that is just really stunning to learn about the foundation, whether or not he's a good golfer or not? If he's on the tour and has some killer foundation? Well, there's so many of them that do so many things for various causes that are near and dear to him. Obviously, what Phil Mickelson's done of late for breast cancer research, given what his wife went through, uh, and getting back from Congressional and the AT&T, which is Tiger's tournament, and it's all for the Tiger Woods Foundation. And what he's trying to do, more so in growing some of these learning centers for kids to develop, not just through the game of golf, but just in general, and giving people a chance in education. I mean, those are the big ones. I mean, the guys that are you know worth $70 million annually can generally do a lot more with their foundations. But you learn more and more about what guys are doing independently. Lots of guys on tour are really big with the military, so helping out military families, wounded warrior programs. Um, and there's even a program this year on the PGA Tour where people can actually go online, and it's called, uh, I think it's Cancer uh, Cure. It's, it's uh, Caddy for a Cure. That's what it is, Caddies for a Cure. And you can actually give money and players will bring in people that donate a certain amount of money and let them caddy for them in the practice rounds before the tournament. So it's a way of you getting an experience of carrying a player's bag, uh, experiencing what that's like, working with the player to see what he goes through to prepare for a tournament. But the money that you gave to that is a charitable contribution uh, to help find cures for cancer. That is great stuff. Will Haskett is our guest, fellow sportscaster. And before I let you go, well, first of all, what's your Twitter? How can people follow what you're doing? You can follow me at Will Haskett, two L's in the L and uh, two T's in the, T- in the Haskett. So Will Haskett, all one word. And that's my Twitter handle. You can join the uh, four followers I think I have. <laughs> Being a freelance guy, not good for Twitter because one day you're talking basketball, the next day you're talking golf, and then you're talking curling or something like that later. <laughs> well, we appreciate you coming on the show, and, and we're fascinated to find out about some of these initiatives with golf. And before I let you go could i request a a call from you maybe pretend it's adam ritz um with 150 yards uh, maybe a a, a, an eight iron to the green how would you do it if we're in a tournament right now sure okay so you're you're playing the masters let's just say you've qualified for the let's just say i'm in the masters just to pull pull one off the top of our heads that'll happen someday 72nd hole 
Augusta National, Adam Ritz. He's hit the fairway, important here off the tee at the final hole of Augusta National. Uphill shot, he's got about 160 yards, but he's going with the eight iron. So he's going to try and take a little bit more on this one. Starts this one out to the right, hooking back to the center of the green. This looks really good. Lands just left of the pin. This will use the slope behind. Here it comes, back down the hill. This has got a chance. Oh, he hold it! No playoff necessary. Adam Ritz wins the Masters. It's in the hole! <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I actually felt like I was shooting that shot. Well, oh. at least I gave you, you know, your one shot at Augusta. At least yeah. we made it happen, in, even if it was a little fake there. Thank you so much for the call, and thank you also for coming on the show. Will Haskett, can't thank you enough. My pleasure. Well, I think that was a pretty good show. Thank you uh, to our guests. Will Haskett, we just heard from, talking about the PGA social initiatives, uh, passing the $2 billion mark in 2013 with the PGA uh, charitable uh, foundations and entities involved with the PGA. $2 billion. Stop and think about that. Will Haskett, thank you so much for coming on the program. Also, uh, we had Richard Randall from the University of North Texas to tell us about some of the community service initiatives happening in Denton, Texas. Thank you, Richard, for coming on. Brian Polian, head coach of the Nevada Wolfpack football team. Brian was our uh, feature interview on this program. I, you know what? I apologize, Brian. I shouldn't call you Brian. You deserve to be called Coach Polian. Uh, any head coach in Division One sports, even if you think you know him, don't call him by the first name. That, that's just a sign of respect. Coach Polian, thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about fatherhood. And we started this program at Purdue University with the women's basketball team talking about student leadership. Purdue women's basketball is one of the uh, most successful Division I female college teams in America. And on a, a personal note, I uh, am a Purdue Boilermaker myself, and we just celebrated our 25th anniversary of my recruiting class at Purdue. I was a tight end under Fred Akers, and I went back to campus for homecoming and just had a blast. Those pictures are on the Facebook page slash Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.